I'm Chris Turner, and this is the Empowered Parent Podcast. Greetings, podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me, as always, are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Christopher. We have a special guest joining us today. It's our good friend, Cindy Lee. Hi, Cindy. Hi, how are you? We're hey, good. Cindy. Hello, Cindy. It's good to hear y'all's voices. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. We're so glad we could figure out a time that we could get you to come on the podcast. Absolutely. And I'm really excited about the conference coming up. Yes, Cindy is going to be one of our speakers at Tapestry Conference 2018, and she's going to be doing a two-part session on making sense of your worth. So, Cindy, can you give our listeners kind of a preview of what you're going to be talking about? Absolutely. Um, So, one of the things that we've noticed in doing this type of work with foster and adopt families, and and really anyone, um, when it comes to doing the really hard parenting for kids from hard places, is that we often get tripped up, and then, and sometimes when we get tripped up and we start to look at it, we realize that the one thing that's tripping us up is that we haven't made sense of our own worth and our own value. Mm. And so we know that in order to parent kids from hard places and help them know their worth, that we have to know ours. And so the the whole idea of of the talk coming up is to walk families or parents or caregivers through how you actually do that. Because it's one thing to say. Yeah, I would like to know my worth. But if you ask anyone on the street how you go from low self-worth to positive self-worth, they're going to look at you like, I have absolutely no idea. So over the last probably year and a half, we've been toying with and experimenting with how we go from point A to point B. And so we've got uh, some really good activities that we're going to do to help people kind of go back and be introspective and, and, and figure it out so they feel better and they, they parent better, but, but really just so they feel better about themselves. When you told me that you wanted to do this, I was like, I love this idea because I think so many times we tell parents, we're like, well, you need to make sense of your own history and you need to, you know, understand that you are precious too. Right. And we talk to parents about that and they're like, okay, that's great. How do I do that? And we're like, um, read a book. Right. And then it's like, what, what, what book? Talk yes. To, talk to a therapist. Yeah. Talk to a therapist. Yeah. Find a good yeah. counselor, Go right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. And well, so and I think giving them some, some tools and I'm excited about that. I mean, I think that's, that's something that parents need is some, like some real concrete things that they can do. Absolutely. And you, you would think that, you know, it would be very difficult to do. And in some instances it is, if there's things in your past that you don't know about, but really, um, it's not as hard as you think. When, when I set out to try to figure out the solution, I, um, I thought this is going to be the most difficult thing I do in my career. And it, it turned out to be not that hard, which it's just a matter of, of paying attention to the right things and looking at them from the right perspective. It's a complete shift in perspective and, and really paying close attention to really who you are in Christ, that you are made in the image of him. And, um, one thing I've noticed is that, that, that we believe that, but when you ask people, okay, well, what does that actually mean to be created in his image? People just, they're at a loss. They're not really sure how to describe that. So it's a lot of head knowledge, but not a lot of heart knowledge. And we, we know we've got to have the heart knowledge in order to, to make those shifts in perspective. So it's getting back to really the beginning of it all. And then going through some exercises to help you understand 
all the messages that came in that were not that and what they meant to you and your own definition of who you are, paying attention to them, changing the perspective and, and enjoying life and, and your calling and what you were designed to do. That's, that's really the, the main point. And gosh, if you look around our world today, you're going to see a lot of people that are, are looking for that. So I'm really, really excited about it. Yeah, that is, I mean, it's just such good information and such a good and needed, needed topic. And you, um, you told me you were working with some families right now doing it. You've been going kind of piloting it through. How has that been going? Like what's the feedback you've been getting from them? So we, we piloted it the very first time. And so, so basically everything that, that we do, um, is based on the needs of the people that we're working with. We don't decide an idea and just see if it will work. Like what happens is people come to us and they're like, we're, we, we really need this help and we need to know this and how do we do this? And, and so we look to see what, where's the answer in the world? And if we can't find it, then we're going to, then we're going to create it. And so that's, that's what happened here is that people are like, how do I change my attachment style? How do I become securely attached? How do I know my worth? How do I make sense of my past? And there really wasn't anything for them. Um, and so really it came from it came from the needs of the people. But one of the, the biggest places it came out of was that we were asked, you know, we do a lot of work with foster and adult families. And that's where we spend the majority of our time. We were asked by the state to go in and see if we can work on the prevention side and keep kids with their biological families. So these were at, at risk. And um, we kind of thought to ourselves, you know, if, if they're at risk and their kids are about to be removed, then, then they're hurting and they're hurting deeply. And they're yeah. kids from, you know, they're adults from hard places. And so we knew we couldn't go in and just start teaching them connected parenting or a TBRI. Um, we, we, we wouldn't be successful. And so we had to decide how do we get them to a place where they feel confident in their ability to parent. And so we took them through an eight week, two hours a week, class basically on making sense of your your worth and so when we started you know of course we take data on everybody and when we started their self-worth scores were incredibly low Mm -hmm. and at the eighth week they were all scoring within normal range of an individual with secure attachment and so we and then we asked them over time you know did it maintain did you did you still feel the way you felt on the last day of class you know eight weeks later and they all said it, it it stuck so you know, watching those miracles happen um, is enough for us to say, okay, we need to get this available to anybody who needs it. And so we've been kind of tweaking it and we just continue to run groups to make it better and better. And so the version that we're going to talk about at the conference is is where we are after about three versions of it. So wow. I'm super excited, yeah, to get it out. Yeah. Heavy stuff because we're talking yeah. about, we're talking about individuals who are walking around not being able to tap into their, their God-given authenticity. And that's, that's a really sad thing. So it makes it really heavy. But, but the, the most important thing is that, yes, when, when we're going through some of these activities and, and being um, insightful, it can be heavy, but they're, they're designed to be fun and light and, um, and just real. So, you know, at first I thought, gosh, are we, are we even going deep enough? But but we really are. And so, you know, it's, it's all about making sure that, that we do make sense of our own worth based on the messages, but that we find a way to, to get our needs met as adults. And that's really tricky to do. You know, I, um, 
this kind of highlights something that I call the, the healing paradox, uh, which I literally just made up while I was th thinking of this question <laughs> up in my mind. Um, but we'll go with healing paradox in, in that, beautiful. in that uh -huh. we have the, these people. Um, and, and so let me kind of just take one step backwards from that um, to explain. I think that part, part of the problem that, that we as adults have is because is that we are engaged in such binary thinking, mm -hmm. right? We, it's either good or bad. You're for us or you're against us. You know what I mean? You're you're red or you're blue. Just think about things like that, right? You know, and so it's we live in an either or culture for the most part, which is difficult for several reasons because we we've kind of bifurcated childhoods into either fairy tale or tragedy, right? And and a lot of us go, well, I didn't have a tragic childhood. Therefore, I must have had a fairy tale childhood. Mm. And we refuse to recognize that there's work to be done because most of us had a childhood somewhere in the continuum between fairy tale and tragedy. Absolutely. And I think that part, part of that is the binary thinking allows us to live in such a state of denial because I've made more sense of who I am and where I come from in my 40s than I did at any other point in my life. And, sure. And that's... And that's probably, you know, maybe we'll do an episode where we just, you know, each do like a monologue on, on sort of where we are and how we got here. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know so, that. Yeah, I don't know about that uh, either, now that I've said it out loud. But, <laughs> but here's the but it thing. it sounded good in your head, right? It unfortunately did sound good in my head. Um, but here's the thing. Um, I think when, when we bring, when we bring um, and this is why I call it the healing paradox, is when we welcome children with trauma histories into our homes and, and, and these, and these kiddos that, that were born to other people and have lived experiences that we were not a part of become our children. Mm -hmm. We become really focused on their healing, which on the surface looks really, really great. But what it does is we shift all of the healing pressure onto the kids and, right. and we feel good about ourselves and we, and we don't do the work that we need to do because unless we are freed from, from our histories and the difficult parts of it, we're not able to be fully present for the kids and be the parents the kids need. Absolutely. But we don't look at it that way. We go, oh, I'm all about the kids. And we feel like, um, you know what I mean? Like we feel really sort of like we're doing a great thing because we've put all of our energies into helping our children when ultimately one of the things our children need from us is for us to help ourselves. Absolutely. It's why they tell you on the airplane, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if the oxygen masks fall down, Put yours on first, then right. help the person next to you because you're no use to anybody if you're trying to help the person next to you because you're putting yourself in greater danger. And I think that simple thing that all of us ignore when we're on airplanes uh, because we've heard it so many times is just really, really applicable in, in parenting kids with trauma histories. And so that's kind of why I call it the healing paradox because we put our own on hold and, you know, all of our, our children suffer, our marriages suffer, our friendships mm -hmm. suffer because we've now... Um, lost sight of, of, of ourselves, right? And we could, I mean, we could geek out on the stuff and sense of self, sense of other. And if you don't have that sense of self, you cannot have a complete right. sense of other. You cannot be an empathetic person. And I think we kind of do that to ourselves. Well, and I think too about your, your healing paradox with being one, one extreme or the other. The great thing about making sense of your worth is that the only way you get there is with truth. And truth is generally pretty gray, yeah. Right. Like it's going to be somewhere in there. So it's a, it's a matter of looking at the truth. And then, you know, one of the, the greatest blessings that I don't think people really think about when they're entering into foster care and adoption is that 
just like that airplane example, I mean, the only reason there's an oxygen mask falling down is because you hit some turbulence. And so I think when, Ooh, when, when that happens, it, they, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that you was know, good. it's, but it's true. I mean, our families, they hit turbulence and then they have yeah. no other option, but to look at themselves. And at the end of the day, if you can come out of that, you, you win and your kid wins. And, and, you know, sometimes you wouldn't do that. You would be neutral. You would be a zombie. You'd walking, you'd be walking around just doing what everybody else is doing, but you entered into foster care and you're going to hit turbulence and you have no other option but to look at yourself. But if you can get, if you can change that and pay attention to that, you, you get freedom and you get yeah. peace. You know, it doesn't mean there's not hard days, but you can handle them. Yeah. And, and you feel good about who you are and you fight with that child. So, I mean, it's, it's a great blessing. It's unfortunately that we have to hit turbulence to, to do the work. But that's that thing about suffering, I guess. It, yeah. it, just, it just gets you there at the end, and it can be the greatest blessing. You, you know that, that you're one of our favorites, right? Oh, you're so sweet. And, and we tell people that all the time. And you know that we, um, we all love you very much. But I realized something tonight, Cindy Lee. What is that? I am able to love you more than I thought I could. Oh. <laughs> and do you want to know why? Because Why is that, Mr. Ryan? Because you know I think that all of life can be explained in airplane metaphors, and you did a really great job there. <laughs> you're speaking my, well, you're I, speaking I, my I, love I, language, airplanes. I can speak your language. I can. I love it. But it is true. It's just the, it's the, it's the part of suffering that, that we know God can make good of, and and we're, we're blessed to have, have the opportunity, even though we don't wish it on ourselves or anybody else, but the end result can be just, just beautiful. I think so many people come to parenting in, and maybe they've parented biological kids and then they come to parenting kids that have a trauma history. And all of a sudden they're like, I don't understand who this person is that just came out of me. Like I, <laughs> like, I don't know who that person is that's yelling at the children all the time. I didn't but know who it was I, either. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens when we have no control, right? Yeah. And that's, I've had so many moms in particular that are like, I didn't yell at my kids until this kid came home. And now I don't know why I'm yelling. And I always, I'm, I'm always like, there's something that is triggering you in there. And there's something that is, coming out, but what a beautiful thing that you get to work through that and actually make sense of it and, right. and, you know, just make sense of it, I think is the best way to, to put that. And I, I love that we're able to do it, but I don't think any of us come to that parenting going, Oh, great. I get to make sense of all my past and <laughs> I get to deal with all the hard stuff and it's going to be a really hard work, but it'll be worth it in the end. I don't think any of us do that when we come well, to parenting. And I think too, Kayla, like, from the, the one thing I've known on, on my journey working with, with, with people who are exactly where you're talking about is that it's one thing to, to be in that place of frustration and know that you can pick up the phone and go take a group or a class or speak with a counselor where you're going to get all the answers that you're seeking and, and people are trained to walk you down that road. But one of the things I've noticed and one of the things that, that I'm so excited to speak about this is because the answers aren't there. And so so we're talking about having the answer now, but all over the world, people are in that place with no one to call or yeah. they do call someone and the person on the other end of the phone is like, I'm not really sure. And so that is a dark place, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're fate, you're in the fire and you're wanting out, but you don't have the answers. And so that's, that's why, you know, that's why that the, these conferences, like what you're doing at tapestry are so valuable because 
people need answers and they're going to get answers by coming. And and if, if you guys weren't doing it, then they wouldn't, they wouldn't get to hear the schoolers and all the speakers that you have. And and I wouldn't get the opportunity to share what I've learned. And so, so I'm really thankful to you guys for doing it. So you should be proud of yourselves because I know it's hard work. It is hard work, but I think <laughs> it's hard work. The earliest we've gone to bed in the last week is 2 a.m. <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe it. But I think, and it's, it's interesting. I always have kind of like a love hate relationship with, with uh, conferences, right? Because mm. you come to the conference and you get all excited and then you leave and you're like, how do I put all the things that I learned into practice? Right. But I think that the biggest thing usually that people can take away They've got nuggets of information from all the sessions, but I think in just knowing that they're not alone and that they're not the only one that's dealing with these things, right? Yeah. I mean, if we've got all, two whole sessions on making sense of your worth and somebody goes, wow, okay, so there are other people that are like not feeling like they're worth much, you know? I mean, yeah, we so see the rest of the room full. They realize, yeah, oh, yeah when they see all me. these people that have come yeah. to this and that there's a whole two sessions that are devoted to it, I right. hope that helps some people that are that are struggling to be able to, to say, okay, I'm not alone in this and I can work through this. And now I have all these people that I know are working through it too. Absolutely. That's such a great point. Cause that's, that's what, that's what makes the difference, right? That's like when we do this work, we only do it in groups yeah. because it's, it's so important that people kind of band together and do the journey together and know that they're not alone. Cause it's, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary to look at yourself and think, Oh, I don't have control here. or I'm in the fire. Or, I'm frustrated. I'm not sure what to do. And how did I end up here? And I regret my decision. Yeah. It's, it's, it's heavy stuff. You know, so. uh, just a couple of things. Um, one, I love, I love the, I love your title, making sense of your worth, not making sense of your past, making sense yeah. of your history, but it communicates that you have value and right. you need to understand that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we talk to parents about, about bringing, um, bringing vulnerable children into the family and saying, you are my son, you are my daughter, and bestowing um, this like sense of identity and from that identity getting to understand that they are precious, that they are loved, they are valuable. And, and just you know working with parents over the years and seeing how the child's behavior starts heading in a positive direction once they start to grab onto that that idea that they have worth, absolutely. So I, lo- I love I love the way you've you've titled it, but also love what you just said about this idea about community. Right? It's it's why it's why you know developmental trauma is um, is such an important thing to understand, and why it's so perplexing that the people who have say over diagnoses still are resistant to it because. <laughs> Because all, all, all it is is this understanding that in, in community where you feel safe and are able to share your experiences and bring those into your conscious mind, that's how you process it, right? I mean, people who have, who have listened to this podcast over the years or have heard me speak for, for years, I used to tell my, uh, my fear of flying story. And, and, you know, I, I remember tell, telling somebody about that actually on an airplane one time. She was freaking out. So I just introduced myself and <laughs> told her my free flying story. Um, you offered her oil. Yeah, and I did. I did. We actually, yeah. we actually ended up holding hands on, 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 on the climb out. And I just took her and said, okay, if we hold hands. And she said, yes. What was weird about it is I found out the guy sitting next to her was her husband. And he was offering <laughs> no comfort at all to his wife. It was so crazy. He didn't mind either. He just smiled at me. And then we, we talked like, most of the way to Seattle, but, uh, um, great. but, but, you know, that people really struggle to like, well, how did you get up? You know, Cindy, I, 
the last time I flew, um, I fell asleep during turbulence. Wow. And I used to have panic attacks getting on the plane. Mm -hmm. And so people say, well, how was, tell me about that journey. And I'm like, it's just, it's just having those, those repressed trauma memories gently brought to the surface by people who just, how, you know, understand the value of that and then just talking through it so you can actually process it and then doing it and then realizing that you are safe and that there is no magic pull. There is no, um, it is just about being in community with other people mm -hmm. who are willing to, to walk with you. You know, I mean, that's the secret sauce. Being, right. being connected to competent, caring people who will not give up on you. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's about being loved, right? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Which is the way it should be, of course. The, one of the first groups we did was victims of domestic violence. And, and of course they're struggling to understand and know their worth after, after the abuse. And yeah. um, we were, we were talking about the concept of love and trying to get back there just to, to the basics in the beginning. And so we were going around and I'd asked all of them to tell me what their definition of love was. And um, we got to this beautiful woman, she's 71 years old. And, and she just kind of looked down at the table and said, Cindy, I have no idea what you were talking about. I have never felt love. I've never seen love. It is such a foreign concept to me. And, and I think, I mean, I, I was, I was fighting back the tears because she was 71 years old and I, I can't even imagine going through an entire life without yeah. ever experiencing it. And I, and I think, you know, that's, you know, I took it personally. I was like, that's our fault, right? That's our fault. The ones that were given that gift, but, um, it was just, it, she's just one of so many, yeah. but it, it, it's so hard to see someone at 71 who, who hasn't gotten it. And so, I mean, that has been, that's been my fire to do this project is just people need to know that they're loved and that they're worthy and they're precious. Yeah. And, and it's true. It's just that all these messages come in and, and tell them otherwise. And it's just, it's heartbreaking and it's, it's not okay. It's no. just not. So but she, she, she ended up going through the whole program and she got to experience what, what love was by, by the other group members in there and everyone loved on her and she's, mm. she's doing amazing now. And she, she went back and reconnected with family members and her children and, and all kinds of stuff. So wow. it was worth it. But it just, when I think about 71, you know, I just, it's, it's like just it's a, a lifetime but, a lifetime not feeling loved. I mean, yep. I can't, I can't even imagine, but I love that even at 71, she was willing to do the work. Yeah. Oh, she was so willing. You know? she, was so willing. <sighs> she was scared. Yeah, of course. She was, she was willing. And I think, I mean, probably to her, I know this is going to sound a little cliche, but I mean, I was selling something like a unicorn. Like yeah. if she, if she'd never known what it is or never seen it, I, I was talking crazy talk. Like, oh, there's this concept of love. Yeah. Um, but, but the cool thing is that the women in that group, I mean, they rallied around her and, and it was true. It was, it was true. She got to see it. So it was, uh, it was pretty amazing, but it, it does keep me going. And um, just because there's, she's one of, of course, I'm sure many who, who need to be loved. So. Wow. Well, that that's is, why we do what we do. Yeah. That is, that's really cool though. I think it's neat just that you are able to walk with people at all different stages of life, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just like these new young, new parents who are trying to figure out how to be a parent. And so you're doing this, but you can do it at all stages and everybody can benefit from it somewhere along the way. 
Absolutely. And everyone needs it. Everyone needs it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, we do. And not only because they need it to feel healthy and whole, but, you know, we we are created by God with a design and a purpose. And if we aren't full and we don't feel worthy and we don't feel loved, then, then that purpose goes. And so it's, it's so much more about the greater good when people can understand their worth. It is about them, but it is also about what happens when they get it. Yeah. Not just for them, but the number of people they can come in contact with and things start to change. Because so. we're, all, we're all in a relationship, even, even if we don't think that we are sometimes. And so... Like you just said, if we get that stuff figured out for ourselves, then it affects every relationship we have. Every single one. Yeah. Well, I know I, for one, am really looking forward to Cindy's uh, sessions now. Yes. And we Good. Hope... We're going to have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we hope that the rest of our listeners are as well. If you'd like some more information about Cindy's session or the conference in general, you can look it up on the website, tapestryconference.org. There's a speaker section up at the top. Just click on that button, find Cindy's name, and click on that, and it'll give you all the details that we have available. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this. Uh, Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Anytime. Ryan and Kayla, thank you once again for being on. Thanks, Chris. Great to be with you. If you've got some questions and you can squeeze it into 280 characters, well, more power to you. And you can tweet it to us at One Big Happy Home. If you need a little bit more room, like most of us, you can email it to us at info at onebighappyhome.com. Or you can post it at our Facebook group, which we have just for podcast listeners. Search for the Empowered Parent Podcast Community. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, the Google Play Store, and Spotify. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our show, we'd appreciate a review in any of these locations. The Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thanks for listening. 